up until now, no one knows why Jonah is running. Theoretically, you're not supposed to know quite yet. Maybe you've read ahead, maybe you've read the headings uh, on chapter 4, but up until now, the story has been rather intriguing of a, a guy, a prophet, a man of God, being called by God to go to a place to preach God's good news and love, and he runs in the opposite direction. And the reader is supposed to be thinking at this time, why? What is causing Jonah to run away? And again, as, as you've learned, uh, maybe it has to do with uh, Nineveh, Nineveh itself. It's the uh, capital of the enemy. It's this huge Assyrian empire, and Nineveh is, that's where all the bad people are at. And I'm sure up until then, it had been drilled in Jonah, uh, along with uh, everyone else in the Israelite nation, that that's a bad place. I, I will still never forget, back in the 80s, America had an enemy. It was the evil Russians. Oh my goodness, the Russians were bad. The Russians, we wanted to beat them in the Olympics. There was a Cold War brewing. There was all this stuff happening. And I remember I was indoctrinated that you just hate the Russians. And then I remember one day when, uh, as senior in high school, uh, one of our teachers, we didn't have PowerPoints, so it was one of those, had to print it out and then project it on the screen thing. That was a long time ago. And it showed a picture. He's like, I want to show you a picture of Russian children. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Russian, they probably have like fangs. And they're probably got blood dripping off because Russians are evil. Russians are bad. And it was really weird when they posted the picture up and I was like, Kind of look like us. Yeah, they're a little weird. Yeah, all of them are blonde. That's kind of weird, but uh, okay. Blue eyes. They got a little pale skin. Not a lot of sun in Russia. Okay, well, that's, I guess that's not too bad. And I had to learn something about how to love people that maybe I've been taught not to love. And maybe that's Jonah's issue. Maybe. Maybe Jonah had a horrible experience with a Ninevite. Maybe. Maybe uh, up until then, maybe there was an invasion from Assyria that came into his area and he kind of had to deal with it. We still have not figured out why Jonah doesn't want to go. Maybe he was sick and he just didn't want to show up. We have no idea, but God really wanted Jonah to go. And so through all of the crazy circumstances, Jonah is spit up now back onto land. He has gone through this great city preaching the worst sermon ever recorded in the entire Bible. And after he gets to the end, everyone repents. Now, even the cows are repenting. Like, how does a cow repent? I don't know how a cow repents. Maybe it must sacrifice itself so it could be a double-double. I don't care how a cow repents, but, it, but cows were repenting, animals that, from the ground, it was through this incredible series of events that actually caused this horrible sermon to have such an effect on the people's lives that they all repented, and you're thinking at this point in the story, there's going to be a party, like, I don't know about you, I would love to walk through the city of Irvine saying, in 30 days, Irvine is going to be overturned. And I get to the end, and all of a sudden, the mayor of Irvine calls me up. Oh, my gosh, Manning, that was an amazing sermon. We're, we're all repenting. And we're going to get even all the rabbits uh, are going to repent. There's a lot of rabbits in Irvine. Uh, we're going to get all of the, And I would get to the end. I'd be thinking to myself, I, I did it. What would you think if an entire city that was totally enemy, anti-God, all of a sudden became for God? 
We know one thing, there is a party going on. The party is in heaven. We know this from what Jesus says. There is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. And this, now this is not just one sinner. This is lots and lots and lots of sinners. So we're thinking at this point, this is going to be great. Jonah is so excited. The fruits of his labor. Like I'm excited when just, you know, I talk to someone and they come to faith. Uh, you know, a whole city. This is great. And this is the shocking next sentence. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. Which hides a little bit of what's going on in the original language. It's something more to the, 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 the idea of, so Jonah was angrily getting angry and so he was greatly angry. Jonah's angry. He is upset. He is fired up. And again, you're still thinking as a reader, wait a second, Jonah, you, you called people to repentance and, and they responded by the grace of God and they are all repenting, including the cows. Jonah, have a smile on your face, but that's not Jonah. Jonah's angry. This is the angry prophet. He prayed to the Lord, O oh Lord, is this not why I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. We're finally going to get the answer. Why did Jonah run? And this is the answer. I knew you were a gracious and compassionate God. Slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. Now this is formulaic. This was typical language all the number one description of God if you trace the way he is most described in the Old Testament is with this phrase he is slow to anger abounding in love showing love to thousands upon generation upon generation that's the description of God in the Old Testament and he's like God I'm angry because you're nice Who here has been angry at God? I've been angry at God. I get angry at God every time I turn on the news. So I see a lot of stuff on the news I don't like. I get angry at God that some guy named Nasser was able to do what he did for decades. I was angry I turned on the news this morning. An 80-year-old woman was attacked brutally and has, did you see that? Yeah, she's got the bruises all over her eyes. She weighs but 90 pounds, and she was attacked while her granddaughter was with her. I get angry. I get angry when I see people getting hurt. Maybe it's also personal. You get angry at God when things don't go your way. Or maybe it's even worse, someone dies, and you get angry. And the question becomes, is it okay to be angry at God? This is a fantastic question. I was even excited uh, the other day as I was preparing for this. Someone actually asked me this question. Is it okay to get angry at God? Is it okay to scream and yell at God? And I'm like, come to chapel at Concordia University Irvine. I'm going to actually talk about that. And the answer, we have to find out. Because how does God actually respond? If you were God, what would you do? I know what I would do. I would smoke them. Jonah, you're angry. <coughs> no, I don't think he's dead. Keep going. Just keep, 
Keep firing the laser cannons. Kill that Jedi. Kill that prophet. Yes, more, 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 more. Jonah needs to. He is. He's a brat. You're angry at me because I'm too nice? Okay. I'll be a little bit more mean right now, starting with your face. Bam! (laughs) And God. So the question becomes, is God slow to anger, abounding in love and compassion? Not just for the enemy and for the evil people, but for the people of God who become bratty and angry about God's grace. So let's see what God does. (laughs) I love God. I hope you do too. And of course we have to, Jonah still vents, verse 3, he gets a little more venty. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Lord, hundreds of thousands of people just repented and now have a saving relationship with you and are now in a covenant relationship with you, and I am so angry that you are nice. Please kill me now. Done. Bam! But the Lord replied, no, no, don't talk to him. Jonah's a brat. Let him sit in his corner on a timeout and just, like, stew in his nastiness. But God replies. And of course, anytime you ever want to see what God does, oftentimes he doesn't reply directly. It's usually with questions, which bugs me. Like, give me a straight answer. No. Lord replied, have you any right to be angry? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Have you any right to be angry? Yes, we do. I am angry. I'm angry for all the injustice. I'm angry for all this. I'm angry that you're too nice. I'm angry. So Jonah... We don't get the answer to this quite yet. We're going to find out what Jonah actually says in just a moment because, heads up, Jonah isn't done yet. So Jonah went out and sat out at a place east of the city, which means he just essentially went through the city, went out, and there he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Essentially, Jonah's like, I don't know, maybe God will change his mind and kill everybody. That would be good for me. Then I'd be happy, and then I'll live. But God provided which is a word that shows up over and over and over, all through this, provided. He provided a great fish. He, he, he provides stuff. Here he provides a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his com- discomfort. No, God, no, don't shade the prophet. He's horrible, please. Yeah, do something else. But God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide for you. You're in your anger? I'm going to provide for you some shade. And yet Jonah's still sitting there. Still angry. Still angry. But at dawn, the next day, God provided something else. A worm. A little caterpillar. And which chewed the vine, which is the wrong word. It should be, uh, which attacked the vine. And I'll just tell you why in just a moment. But the, the worm attacks the vine. And it's attacking, attacking, attacking. And of course, what's going to happen when that, you have that happen? It chewed, it attacked the vine so that it withered. So here's Jonah. I've got this shade, and now then the sun rose, and God provided something else. He provided the Santa Ana winds. And well, it's kind of what it is. This, this is the, 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 the evil east wind that provided such heat to the point where back in those days, laws were set up that if you committed murder while the east wind was blowing, you could be found not guilty. It's incredible. I mean, this is just a wind that is unrelenting. And, and then, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head, which again, not a proper translation. Uh, The sun attacked Jonah. 
So the worm attacks the vine, and then the sun attacks his head. And I'm like, yes, God, this is, this, this is much better. Just roast his head. And I'm thinking Jonah's probably a little bald. I mean, you know, most prophets of God seem to be. And because it's just attacking. It's just attacking. And, and now there's no plan. And, now, and he's getting hot, and he's getting angry. And I love it because of Jesus, and he wanted to die. And he said, it would have been better for me to die than to live. And I was like, Jonah, we got it. You want to die? Okay. And God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? And I love it because he keeps going. Because there's also someone else who is unrelenting. Who doesn't attack in the way of a worm chewing a plant or a sun blazing on a head. But he's unrelenting because he keeps coming at you. You want to sit there and be angry. And God's coming to you and he's just talking to you. And he's having this conversation. And it's credible because do you have a right to be angry about the vine? And finally Jonah answers. And his answer is, I do. I am angry enough to die. Yes, I got that. You want to die. Yes. I'm sure God is up the I get the message. You want to die. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight, and it died overnight. This vine, this plant, that's there one day and gone another, you're so concerned about this vine. You're so concerned about so many things in this world. You're concerned about finding a parking spot in the pit. You're concerned about being late to a class. You're concerned that your clothes don't fit quite right. You're concerned about many of great things, but we often don't get concerned about the right things. And that's what God is trying to point out here. We get angry over lots of things, but are we angry over the right things? And the question also becomes, how quick do we become angry? Because this is really a contrast in the prophet versus God. God is slow to anger, but all of us are quick to anger. We can get there pretty darn fast. I get there really fast when I'm driving the 405 freeway. It says, but is this what you need to be focused on? Because Nineveh has more than 120,000 people. You're concerned about a vine? I'm concerned about people. And they cannot tell their right hand from their left. Some of you still have that, right? Who, who here still checks their left hand by going like this? Yes, it's okay. Be honest. It's, you don't know your right hand from your left. It's okay. They, they have no idea. They are completely and utter in the dark. And, and, and God says, I like, and many cattle as well. God loves the cows. Should I not be concerned about that great city? The end. Well, what happened? What happened to Jonah? What was his response? I don't know. I don't know if it really matters. Because it's really not about Jonah, is it? It's about you and me. And what are we concerned about? And what are we getting angry about? Let me give this times. You talk about getting angry. You read through the Psalms. You see David angry a lot. But being angry because of the niceties of God is a strange thing. But don't tell me you haven't thought it. I know that there's been many a times in my life that I've heard of people who have come to faith after living a life that is horrible, and you wonder, is that even fair? 
Yes, I know, the thief on the cross. We're getting ready to get into Lent. That's why I wore purple. Uh, as we get ready to go, this, we're going to be focusing on the thief on the cross who repents, right? And we're like, oh, isn't that great? He's saved. We're going to see him in heaven. How about the person that that guy killed to get on the cross? Does his, is his family happy? You don't get on a cross because you're just a thief like you stole a piece of bread. You have to get a little bit worse than that. Are they happy? If you knew all the stuff there, would you be angry? Would you be angry if your stepfather, after years and years and years and years and years of abusing you and your family, after years of that, all of a sudden gets sick and in a hospital a chaplain comes and shares with him the good news and he repents and believes and is now going to be in heaven, but you had to suffer through years and years and years and years and years of abuse. Would you be happy? Or would you be angry that God's too nice? I think it's a challenge for all of us. And we're happy that God is slow to anger and abounding in love. He shows his love throughout generations. God is a God who is big enough to handle your anger He's, he's big enough to say, yeah, come scream, yell, cry, pout, whatever you want. I'm going to come to you, not in a way to destroy you and hurt you and maim you and cause you all sorts of pain. But instead, I want to see if I could teach you a lesson and show you just how good I am and why I am that good. Because the same grace that was shown to the Ninevites is the same grace that was shown to the angry prophet, which is the same grace shown to you and me when we also look that way. Maybe you're a Ninevite. Not knowing your right from your left, not sure what you're doing, not sure where you stand with this whole Jesus thing. Or maybe you're a prophet who's been around for a while and has lived your life as best as you can, and you wonder, is God's grace for all of us? And the answer is a clearly resounding yes. When you get angry, you try not to get angry at God for his goodness, but let me tell you, God's goodness is something to be angry about sometimes. But even then, in his love, he shows us mercy. Let's pray. Father, we uh, are grateful once again for how you love us and care for us, how you minister to us when we are angry. And as we go and as we share your love with others, we pray that we would not be the angry prophet or the reluctant prophet or the rebellious prophet, but instead we would be the loving prophet that goes out and shares that you are a God who is slow to anger, abounding in love, showing mercy to thousands. In Jesus' name, amen.